Hi, this is Nathan. We're just getting ready for a time of humor, excitement, and analysis. So why don't you get the whole family together and join us for another episode of the Wad Fam Chalk Pod. Croutons that you are supposed to use as a snack, not a topping? Yes! That's a great idea! <laughs> That's an excellent idea! We just have to... Like change the shape of them a little bit. No, I think they stay the same, and we. I think we literally manufacture them in the same place. Okay, it's just a marketing campaign. Hello and welcome to the Wad Fam Chalk Pod. I'm Dylan Weaver, and I'm Andrew Sabo. And uh, we're here today to talk about the 300th episode of Adventures in Odyssey, called Preacher's Kid. The one about being a preacher's kid. Do they have any other ones that are about being preacher's kids? I I mean, the other Poking ones ra- in this saga. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, like, I, I mean, it's got, like, it's, this is, this is Donna Barclay's Reverend Jimmy. Yes, exactly. And boy, does it show. But she just goes the other direction, where mm-hmm. Jimmy's like, oh, I gotta be perfect, let's try. And Donna's like, oh, I gotta be perfect, screw that. Does she even do that, though? I This is no, such no. a confusing episode. She, she kind of accidentally is into it. It's... Yeah, well, and they... we'll, get the... we'll get into it. Yep. We're getting ahead of ourselves. We will. Uh, so this is an episode that first aired February 4th of 1995, which is a little over a month since our previous one. Mm-hmm. Um, it was track three on album 23, Twists and Turns. Yeah. There were both twists and, and t- As well as turns. And Rodney Rathbone in the uh, album artwork. Is that the... Oh, this is the one where he busts through the skylight. That's the... Oh, that's, that, the, that's art- the artwork. Mm-hmm. Wow, it didn't used to be. I never... I've never... Yeah, uh, look at that weird art of uh, Jason and Jack. Oh wow! Notoriously, yeah, yeah I never, I never Jack. saw that artwork. Having listened to that episode a million times, and I've only listened to that episode once or twice, but I've, I always look at the artwork. Yeah. Um, I mean, as yeah, as we discussed, I think on last week's or a couple weeks ago, uh, we don't always look at the artwork, and sometimes we're like, wait, that's Young Wit. Yeah, <laughs> this is what he looks like. Gross, colonial boy. Yeah. Um, so, well, I mean, he is ancient. He, he is without birth date. I mean, yeah. I'm pretty sure his birth certificate just says, like, Dawn of Time or BC or something like that. <laughs> uh, this is, uh, this is the first episode of the Pastor George Barkley arc that it does not have a Paul McCusker credit. Hmm. This one is written and directed by Marshall Younger. He- now, we, we could point out Marshall Younger... Also wrote A Call for Reverend Jimmy, but okay. um, McCusker directed that one. And Chris Fabry was a write- was a co-writer with McCusker on mm-hmm. Pet Peeves. But this is the first one where McCusker, I mean, aside from just being a writer on the show, he has no credited involvement. Mm. That's really interesting. Yeah, I, I had mixed feelings about this, this episode. The first listen through, I was... I didn't remember it. I didn't know what was going to happen as far as, like, what angle they were going to take on the Preacher's Kid thing. And I was really mad halfway through this episode. <laughs> right. So it it's one of those where listening, especially with a critical eye like yeah. we do, yeah. you're, you're going, okay, 
either like <laughs> is this show going to make donna wrong or is this show going to make george wrong yes and you are expecting oh yeah they're gonna make donna wrong yeah because and they so, built it into that right and so and so like it it is one where like initially you're like oh boy is this does this episode have problems <laughs> the and then you get to the end and it's like bad. oh no like the problems are the point yeah 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 which i i appreciate no no i thought that it was a uh, surprisingly a surprisingly countercultural like pointing out some flaws in church culture at least that's how I took it. Or I was like, wow, we're talking about the, you know, standard of perfection that we put on people just because they, their parents are pastors. I know. I'm surprised, Focus. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I'm into it. Yeah. Uh, Cast-wise for this episode, we have uh, Joe Damon as uh, Eric Myers. Um, who, so the, these mm-hmm. are the three, the three rebel kids yeah, 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 in yeah. this episode. Uh, this is Eric's fifth appearance in the show mm-hmm. um he is being voiced by well we said we already said he's being voiced by joe damon mm-hmm. but joe damon um played nicholas martin who was the main character in mcgee and me i don't think i've seen that okay it's i mean don't no but, like, <laughs> it's, it's another focus on the fan it's a focus oh. on the family television show they make television shows i mean it was probably like direct to vhs kind yeah. of deal yeah but it was a uh a kid and mm. a cartoon named McGee, and they, I don't know, hang so it was out a live and action morals. kid and a cartoon. Okay, Correct. Okay. One of those shows. Uh huh. Um, it's uh, Lizzie McGuire, but it's McGee ah. and me. Is it? Is it like Lizzie McGuire, in which they use the cartoon as like comic relief? I mean, kind of. Although I think the cartoon was also the person kind of teaching the morals. I don't remember that show. I mean, well, that's I, the case in Lizzie McGuire as well. I'm very well versed in Lizzie McGuire. Okay. Well, maybe so. you should watch McGee and Me. Maybe, <laughs> no, uh, we'll, maybe we'll do that for the Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. There's only ten episodes. <laughs> huh. Well, now that you mention it, we'll, we'll talk off mic. <laughs> <laughs> um listeners give us money to watch focus on the honestly if anybody just sent us the mcgee and me vhs's if they had them i have a vhs player i'd watch them <laughs> i would yeah dm one of us for a p.o box yeah um uh we also have uh the character of kevin Mm-hmm. who is voiced by Zachary McFarlane. Mm. This is the only episode that Zachary McFarlane voices a character in. This is the only episode with the character of Kevin. Poor guy. Um, and didn't, then we Didn't make it. Yeah. And then we also have Lydia Rice Mueller as uh, Marsha, mm-hmm. who's the other girl. Yeah. And this is her fifth appearance in an episode. Yeah. Well, Marsha's like Donna's friend, essentially. Like, Marsha's the gateway drug. In this situation right. where there's the bad friends and uh, Marsha's Donna's connection to it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's very much uh, like I was listening to this episode going, man, I don't know any of these kids. Like they're just I like... thought that Eric was going to be Jack. I was really confused yeah. that Eric wasn't Jack because yeah. it seemed like there was romantic stuff there. And I'm like, what? right. I thought. Right. Well, and I think at this point, like Jack doesn't show back up again. Mm-hmm. Like he's until like album 50 yeah. but he's done on the show and so i wonder if like it was maybe written as jack or like i don't know mm-hmm. if i don't know what the circumstances in which he stopped being on the show what were mm-hmm. if he like left the show or if they just stopped writing him mm. so this could have maybe been jack at some point 
Um, although I do have a little fun trivia-ish thing about that as we as we go on. Oh, okay, um, awesome. No, I, I mean, loose. Loose connection. Loose connection. Um, but it, it did, listening to it and not being super familiar with these characters, I was like, oh, is this just like the classic, like, hey, we're going to throw three kids in here who yeah. are, you know... We're just going to make up three characters for this so that we can have some bad kids. And, mm-hmm. like, no, they're actually, like... I mean, I mean, yes, in the case of Kevin. But Marsha and Eric have been in before. Mm-hmm. And I think... I really appreciate that... How they let things fall. So, like... Eric, once when I yeah. looked him up, I was like, Oh, he's the, he's the uh, kid in Where's Your Daddy? Oh, okay. And so I'm really glad that they let him go to the hay, the hayride, while the rest of the kids were delinquents. Yeah, because because he... it would have been really easy to write him as one of the three delinquents, and I like appreciate that they didn't. Yeah, that's really cool that you made that connection. I didn't know that. And the "Where's Your Daddy" is the one where he, his parents divorced, and he gets made fun of for he, it. Or... His he. Everyone keeps asking, you know, where's your where, dad, where, where's your dad, whatever. And it, it, he is in prison. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. And so that's been, and there are episodes like that. That's kind of Eric's character up mm-hmm. until this point. And so I'm glad that they didn't like make him one of the delinquents because he, because his dad like, was in prison. Yeah. Right. Like it, it would have been an easy move and they mm-hmm. didn't, you know, do it. And I appreciate that. Eric, um, what a guy. Yeah, we also we also have uh, Mrs. Erskine mm-hmm. um, being voiced by Joan Gerber. Yes, the uh, uh, the chatty Kathy of the church. Yeah, uh, Mrs. Erskine was previously mentioned in Georgia Under Pressure, mm-hmm. um, just in passing. And Joan Gerber, we have covered in two different times on this show. Interesting. You know who else she's played? Uh, uh, the wiki's loading, so tell me. <laughs> We've got Miss Barfield in the case really? of the secret room. Really? Uh-huh. And Mabel. Oh, and a okay. bite of applesauce yeah, yeah, and the yeah, battle. Yeah, yeah. I which is when I remember mm-hmm. having talked about her. Mm-hmm. So So I I saw the name on the wiki and was just like, "Oh, Joan Gerber. I know she I know that name. Like I know I've looked her up before." Yeah. And uh that's why. Well, and her name sounds familiar. Or, or I'm sorry, her voice yeah. sounds familiar now that mm. I think about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, she does sound kind of Miss Ma- Barfieldy. Yeah. Like that's the one that I think of too. Well, and just how they, like, enunciate certain words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we also have uh, our classic, hey, this person has another job in Adventures and Odyssey, so we'll just have them fill in uh, as a voice actor. We've got Bob Luttrell as the police officer. Classic. And Dave Arnold as Richard. Mm-hmm. Who is the uh, the head of the pastoral committee. Correct. Which sits, uh, sits George down at the end of the episode. Yep. All right. This should play the promo. There's a preacher's kid under fire on the next Adventure in Odyssey. Donna Barclay thinks everyone expects her to be the perfect pastor's daughter, but nobody thinks that after her little accident. Will the church reconsider having George as pastor because of Donna? Find out next time on Adventures in Odyssey. I'm getting kind of a Twin Peaks vibes yeah, from that, that like music. S- kind of spooky romantic. Yeah. Um, Twin Peaks. Yeah. We get... uh Love Twin Peaks. That's... 
Yeah, it, that was a very. It feels kind of like when the trailer gives away too much. I feel like uh, there was a lot of the plot in there. Did it? I, but but I feel like it's setting up the the thing that the episode sets up as well as like, oh no, this is going to be a problem for George, and then it's not. Yeah. That's so fair. like it's it, yeah. So it might not be giving away a lot, but <laughs> maybe this also because there's not a lot to give away. <laughs> also, the guy being like. There's going to be trouble for Don- like Donna. I don't know. He's his weird like he seems in to the idea of Donna getting trouble yeah, in a way that's kind of weird. Donna. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why, mysterious radio man? Are you so fascinated with the tr- troubles of this teenager? Yeah. Uh yeah. So the episode begins with we get um what we get a Chris, we get a Chris intro we and a we get a good Good teaser and a uh, crintro. A crintro. Ooh, <laughs> sounds like a like a topping for salad, like 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 a crouton's cousin or something like that. All right, and then after the crintro, we have uh, Kevin, Marsha, and Eric all, uh, you know, sitting in the back row of the church with Donna. Yeah, and uh, they are loudly searching for some gum. Very important. You get the whole whisper down the lane thing where they're mm-hmm. like, do they have gum? I don't know. Ask her. Does she have gum? Well, I it's... don't know. The, my purse is all the way over there. Can you grab it? It's really well constructed and like well engineered. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like... totally something that has happened in my life. Yeah. I mean, somebody always has gum in church. Oh, and yeah. if you ask. It's, uh, it's you Sarah Deckard. Yes, yes. There she is. Does she listen to the show? No. Oh. But her brother Adam was on it. That's true. That he was. Christmas episode 2019. So, fr- friend of the pod by proxy, Sarah Deckard, uh-huh. uh, was always the source of gum at church. Yes, yes. By proxy. Yeah, there, there's always the one person with gum. And so we get that here. It's a mm. fun scene. It's like the Mar- Mark Drury sound design real solid oh yeah like we get like a good sense of place and they're like the being just like well you hear george's sermon going on in the background Mm. they're all being just like a little too loud yeah it's Mm -hmm. it's good i like it yeah well and then it ends the scene ends with uh mrs erskine she yells at the kids essentially for being too loud about passing gum because somebody spilled their purse yeah which i get that i don't know i I think growing up in the church that i did where it was very passive aggressive like people don't talk if they get made uncomfortable by that sort of thing but it's not just the passive aggressiveness it's the just like the the fact that like the church we grew up going to is more chill. Yeah. Not in like like a gross way or whatever, but no. just, just in like a... It wasn't as like traditional or formal. Yeah. It, yeah, no. It, I, I mean, it was, was pretty old, in the middle. There but was like, older generations that would wear suits and there was younger sure. people that would wear like normal clothes. Right. You know, a t-shirt and, it, and a baseball cap. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was oh. plenty of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, baseball caps, I feel like, were frowned upon in church because you're not supposed to wear hats in church. Dude. Which never made sense to me because I love wearing hats and I don't see how it's disrespectful. But maybe I mean, it is. There, I, there are pe- I know people of the younger generation who wear caps every week. That's fair. So That's it's fair. not like previous guest and friend of the pod, Adam Deckard, almost always is wearing a baseball cap. He does. Church. Yes, he's because he's got his uh his fin. Yeah. His fin so cap. like it's it. Yeah, there's just, there's that. And it's also, like, 
It also was helped by the fact that there was like a student section at church. Yes, yes. Where like all of the kids sat in the same area. like, And it was always just the louder like if, area. Right, you like either sat with your parents yeah. or you all sat in a group together with like the youth leaders. Yep. And that was just a good system so you didn't get situations like this. See, Odyssey Church with um, is it Odyssey Community Church. We'll just sure. go OCC. That that works, all right. Uh, yeah, be better. Just make a student section and keep Mrs. Erskine away from the meddling kids that annoy her. No, she's the meddling one. It's true. She does stick her nose in everybody's business. Yeah, yeah. When literally the next scene is Mary chastising Donna because mm-hmm. of what Mrs. Erskine told her. Yep. Um. And then Jimmy bursts in to say that the baby said their first word and it was carrot. carrot yeah. And, and then he exits the scene and George says, hey, Mrs. Erskine told me that you were bad, Donna. Yeah, you were bad as well. But, and it's this terrible thing where it's like Donna is getting yelled at by her mom and then her dad comes in and is like, we need to have a conversation. Mrs. Erskine and Donna's like, are you kidding me? Right. This woman. like, Yep. And for me, like, as a listener, I was like, are you kidding me? Mrs. Erskine went up to the to the pastor and the pastor's wife, told them both separately the same story. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. She's bad. Thumbs down to Mrs. Erskine. Even though she wants to help at the end of the episode. Right, well, like, right. She, she, maybe, she maybe realizes a bit of the error of her ways by the end. Maybe. She, I'm mean, not convinced. <laughs> okay, she at least apologizes. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, she is uh, up in everyone's business. She's like stereotypical church lady. Yes, yes. So the, there's there's a little bit more where George just tells Donna like, yeah, she's got. You're going to be under more scrutiny oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. because you're the pastor's kid. People are looking at you to set an example. Right. To which I was like, George, you shut your mouth right now. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I was so mad. This was yeah. this was when I was like, oh my gosh, this episode might tilt me. Right. If Donna's the bad guy here. I'm gonna go. T- I'm gonna full tilt. This right. is gonna be a rough episode. But of the luckily, pod. like, right, this episode very quickly could have modesty is the best policy. Did yep. It was like flirting it with was, it. It was so close. And then, was... like, and then it pulls out at the end and is yeah. like, no, actually, we're like, we need to rethink this. No, yeah. Well, we get an amazing George model. Yeah, that we'll talk about later. Yeah, it's oh, I, I am. So, but but here, but here, listening to it, especially the first time, I was like, George, shut right. up. George, shut yeah. up. Don't put more pressure on yeah, your kid. Yeah, no, please. it's it's bad. <laughs> and then she's like, yeah, and especially like, because those friends you were sitting with just got in trouble for playing at an abandoned house. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you shouldn't go to that abandoned house, or you haven't been there or anything about right. that in... You know, we get expositional dialogue where uh, Barry's like, well, what's that? Or We don't know anything about that. And, you know, oh, it's this old abandoned house where all the cool kids go to hang out. Right. It, there's nothing like that where we live, is there? Is there a cool abandoned house where kids go to hang out? I'm amazed that you're not in the abandoned house scene. That feels like <laughs> feels like you are so close. Like, obviously, uh, no, yeah. obviously, I'm not cool enough to be in the abandoned, abandoned house, house circuit. <laughs> yeah, no. But, Andrew feels like that's right in your wheelhouse. You see, so I'm kind I, my, of my friends were all uh, like abandoned spots in the woods stuff. Oh, like, we right. Your wilderness. 
people. <laughs> we are wilderness people, sure. That's that's what we yeah. call ourselves. But, no, but like like you've got a lot of like hiking friends. Yeah. And whatnot. Oh yeah. Well, and I find cool stuff and that's abandoned like that in like the middle of the woods. And right. you know, it's very rarely entire houses, but it's like, oh, you know, you can. Like, oh, look at all the sophomores that, you know, hit their jewels on these graffiti-covered rocks and right. stuff like yeah, that. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yep. Ah, that's what all the edgy kids do. Right. I mean, that, that, feels, that feels very Pokenberry. That is very Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Um, Foreshadowing? Get out of here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. Please. So, so, right. So then George tells Donna that she needs to, like, sit up front with her mom at church on sunday yeah which if if they were i it's tough because it's just gum if donna had actually done something i get it this was the second time like right this is the thing is they set it up as like this is the second time mrs erskine has complained it's hard because it's like it's not anything that like disrupted the service mm-hmm. it just annoyed one person yeah but i also do kind of get the sentiment of at least for this initial one mm-hmm. of hey like you're just gonna take a week off and sit with us exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. that i'm like that totally seems fine and reasonable to yeah. me as we go on that will become less so no but here initially i'm like no i i like I get that. That's a fair. Like, it, it's a slap right. on the wrist. That's like okay, and it's it's literally one church service worth of punishment, and right. that's fine. Yeah, and it's just to be like, hey, look, like you know, don't do that. Be, be responsible. Yeah, um, and and it also it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like a punishment that is being doled out to her because she's the pastor's kid. Mm-hmm. It feels like you misbehave. My in parents would do the same. Yeah, thing. yeah exactly. Like. Mm-hmm. would have done the same thing i don't think they'd do it anymore yeah they don't control me i'm independent now uh, i file my own taxes yep it's tax season everybody be on the lookout for those w-2s yeah. especially especially when this uh, episode is released we are like in the thick of it oh yeah oh no tax season's gonna be whew, i need to file my taxes i've been thinking about that a lot yay daddy biden's got that tax credit coming for me because i haven't gotten any stimulus money so i got that to look forward fun, to unfun yeah or i won't get it and i'll just get let down again by the government <laughs> well andrew you shouldn't put your faith in the government no you clearly your not. faith in god amen Woo! focus on the family <laughs> i missed and i looked at the elbow that's that was a it was my mostly thumb. there it is <laughs> um no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that was that was that was me calling out focus. Yeet. <laughs> you love to say it. We love to say it. Um, I love it when <laughs> religious organizations lobby, especially for their own agenda. Yeah, makes me super happy. So, <laughs> Quakers lobby, but it's about like not killing people. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, excuse me, sir. Can we Don't be pacifists. <laughs> so (laughs) this will be fun to edit um yeah then right then immediately mrs erskine comes up front oh after the service yeah Yeah, yeah, oh oh wait no no there was there was one other thing i wanted to point out which is just we've talked about before Mm -hmm. the fact that they have church sunday mornings and sunday nights Mm -hmm. we also find out that there is a wednesday night yes thing as well yeah, this episode 
Well, and there's a Friday night Bible study. I know. This poor... Church every night of the week, am I right? Yeah. Is that... Am I? I don't know that that's right. <laughs> I mean, it could be. I suppose there are worse things. It just depends on what kind of church and how the members are feeling and such. Anywho. How are you feeling, Andrew? Oh, that's a loaded question, Dylan. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> we can get into it off mic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So, like you said, um, Mrs. Gerskin. Erskin. Erskin. Gerskin. Erskine comes up to Dada afterwards and is like, oh, it's so nice to see you sitting in the front with your family, to which I'm like, are you just rubbing this in? Like, this this woman who, is she an elder in the church? Like, she has no authority. Well, I mean, she is on the pastoral committee. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. If she's on the pastoral committee, then I can... No, then she she's still too much. Yes, yeah. She she knows what she's doing, right? I, I like she's really not hope so. innocent. She because she's then like, oh, you know, you're you're coming to this. Can't wait to see you tomorrow night at the yeah. senior citizens dinner. And Donna's like, I'm not even a senior in high school. Yeah, but um, and and then she yeah, guilts she's like, her. Oh, well, your going. whole family's gonna be there, and you know she doesn't even say that. She says your whole family is invited, and it's to thank our, our like our class wanted to throw a party to thank your dad for it, and so you gotta be there. Like that's the gist that Donna gets from that scene, and I'm just like, yeah, we're just gonna ignore that this is a person that you're talking to, and that like. I mean, I get it. Maybe that's how things were with the old pastor. I don't know. We don't know that, but oh, not my favorite character. No, no. I she might be better than Kevin, as we are about to get into. We yeah, get, we so are. we then have a scene where uh, Donna's telling like Marsha that mm-hmm. she just well, and Eric and Kevin mm-hmm. that she's like just got looped like roped into going to the going to this dinner and they're like oh we were supposed to go to the movies Mm -hmm. and i think it's really important to point out that donna's like oh yeah i guess we were i'm gonna go to this thing instead i guess Mm -hmm. like she's not at this point like i think at this point donna is not like there's not as there's friction there Mm -hmm. but she's not wanting to rebel or anything she's just like yeah okay like i'll do that like i yeah no she it was gonna be nice to go to the movies but like rebel much i mean she eventually runs away from home but like yeah oh well that's later yeah no i mean in this in this episode she runs away like the friday night oh okay i guess runs away from home is strong yeah Yeah. she sneaks out yeah she sneaks out that's that's yeah that's i was like wait a minute no so she sneaks out and burns down a house. Yeah. Well, we'll get into it. So, yeah, then then Donna leaves the conversation mm-hmm. kind of uh, bummed out, but not like mad. Mm. It doesn't feel mad. And then we have a conversation between Marsha, Eric and Kevin. Oh, my gosh. In which Eric's like, oh, because she goes away and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you'll still be able to go to the hayride Friday night, right? Yep. And and then Eric's like, you know, I'm, I think I'm going to ask Donna the hayride. And uh, Kevin's like, well, you can't. 
She was a preacher's kid. That would be like going out with Moses. Yes, or Moses's daughter. And then right. he just goes on this whole thing about like, oh, you know, he's gonna. I heard George like, you know, quizzes. Yeah, everyone. yeah. Like You're gonna it's... have to wear a formal wear to a monster truck rally. Like yeah. all these terrible jokes and stereotypes yeah. and whatever. Which leads to Eric daydreaming yep. about a really cute date yep. where he and Donna go to a drive-in movie and he writes her a poem, which as I, ha- I had a conversation with a uh, f- former guest and, and friend Libby Haverstick uh, this past week in which we were just like, you know, regardless of quality, if any time a third party reads a love poem it is cringy it doesn't matter it's what that so, poem contains oh it's just, it is always bad yep it's like those things need to stay between one person and another so and maybe yucky. not at all yeah i don't i don't know what it is about like high school guys feeling like they should write poetry i did it i mean, I mean of course <laughs> you did like right of, of course no no and i still do it uh, it's something that is fun i'm so my like my brother, friend of the pod, Brendan Asabo, does write music. We are name um, dropping like right, mad. Yeah, I mean, they're flying like cats and dogs. It's raining cats and dogs, and they're all names. Um, but yeah, so he used to write music and would sing and had all this art and stuff like that. And uh, when I got older, I was like, man, I need to figure out like like what's my art? Like what's the art that I'm good at? And I can't sing for the life of me. You. you You've heard me sing on the pod if it's been left in. We don't know. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I can't sing and I can't write music very well. So so I, I, I dabbled in poetry a little bit and it's it's real cringy. It's so cringy. It has the shelf life of McDonald's french fries. I'll tell you what, my high school poetry, I look at that and it's just dripping with angst. Wait, don't, but don't McDonald's french fries never get moldy? They never get moldy. So their shelf life is eternal. But they're not good after five minutes. Oh. Yeah, I mean, that is poetry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, uh, when my McDonald's fries analogy is better than I anticipated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, my, my version of that was I, I made, I made, I made a girl some mixtapes. Yeah, that is that was Brendan's move. Brendan made girls mixtapes as well, mm-hmm. and that's a strong. I've made playlists, but it's not quite the same. You know, there's my, not blood, sweat, and tears in it. It's there's not, not a, it's not a fi- physical object. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a Spotify playlist that you share with somebody is is means a lot, and it's nice, but. Boy, I miss when you could flirt with giving somebody a mixtape. Yeah. Hey, go go follow me on Spotify. <laughs> yeah, go follow me on Spotify. It's linked to my Facebook account because we live in a simulation. <laughs> we will put links in the description if I remember. <laughs> it's my favorite caveat. If I, I remember. Should, yeah. <laughs> should put that at the end of every sentence. Uh, so, yeah. So, so then, then George pops in from the back seat. Of the car and is like, oh, I got to, like, edit this, this poem. poem, man. That's not appropriate. And also this movie, you know, went against some verse in Deuteronomy. Yeah. A verse which is about, like, not eating pigs. Is it really? So I guess the point yeah. he was making is that, you know, someone ate pig in that episode. It, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, Bible exactly. joke. It's right. It, whatever. Um, and, then, and then it's a dream. Yep. 
Yeah, and it has like that Arthur transition music where it's like, yeah, also fading in. Hilarious that in Eric's daydream that he uh, knows that correct verse of scripture. Yeah, oh yeah, and the it it was a very vivid daydream, and like uh, he's. Uh, George is like, oh, is there enough room between you guys in the front? And he, like, crawls up in between them. (laughs) It's very well engineered. Like, I feel like I see the picture of it quite well. Incredibly vividly. Also, just, like, drive-in movie date. Great. Great idea. Yeah. I I, I mean, drive-ins are back, baby. Yeah. Yeah, man. This summer... I mean, I said that last summer about drive-ins, and I didn't go to a single one. But hopefully, what? I'll go. No, to you one. went. You went to a drive-in with me. Oh, two summers two ago. Two summers ago. Yeah. Remember, COVID happened. Right. <laughs> and then nothing yeah. happened. Which was, but, I mean, COVID was prime time for drive-ins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. And maybe that made me not want to go to it because I'm just indie trash. <laughs> right, and also you were single. That's true. <laughs> was I? There was times when I was, and times when I wasn't. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Yep. Um, so, so yeah, I was, as, as this got more and more, like, hyper, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is going to be a dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. started out, and I was like, how'd they get to a drive-in? But awesome. Okay, okay. I'm in. delightful. All right, poem, whatever. You you do you, man. Oh, 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 this is, this is, this is Eric's daydream. Yeah. And um, it's a nice daydream, and Odyssey doesn't do sweet. daydreams much, but no, it's fun. It only does them in that, like, Trent episode. Yeah, very Scrubs-esque. Ah, see. That's why I like it. Yeah. Um, and then we cut to the banquet where Donna is bored to death. Yep. And on once- brand for Donna. Donna being bored is, like, one of Odyssey's favorite things to just be... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, right, that's... What other emotions do teenage girls have? I don't know. Are they complex beings? No, they're, 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 they're one-dimensional. They're so... Like, they're, like, two-dimensional max. I mean, like, they, they're, they're, they could be a cartoon. <laughs> they don't uh, have, like, needs or anything like that. No. no. Um, and, yeah, and Jimmy is having fun doing other stuff. And then there's... No, the, no he's having fun because there's somebody with is an old dude that's delusional doing a puppet show with a zucchini and his dentures right and then <laughs> Which also, i was like all right let's go for it like that's and then the show also I they try and find 50 all 50 states in someone's liver spots yeah that's a joke that i was like okay that's a little uh that's a little out of left field for you odyssey yeah no thanks thumbs no down thanks. liver spots <sighs> are not good <laughs> i think i found florida <laughs> <laughs> is what she says yeah and then uh and then we go to a scene where um what yeah oh it's <laughs> it's a really good scene <laughs> where jimmy jimmy it's jimmy and Stuart and normal yes and, and oh jimmy, my gosh yeah and jimmy like they set up very quickly at the beginning that normal is there yes then jimmy is monologuing to Stuart, and you're assuming everything he's saying is, is about, about like how because yeah. he's talking about like how to care for whatever and you think he's talking about like dogs feed it and give it water right they're you know the hardest thing to get over is how smelly they are and then right just right it's not That's normal. That's my advice it's on girls. Women. <laughs> Yeet. And then, and then George walks in and goes, why is Stuart wearing sunglasses? <laughs> she was like, we were just having some man talk. Yes. Oh, I was just telling him man things. <laughs> it's such, it's such a good, 
it's such a well-constructed joke that's kind of out of place in this episode and also, like, not the kind of thing we typically see from Odyssey. No, but it just made me happy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, it's the old old misdirection thing. Yeah. And I I think that... They must have had fun writing for uh, writing for Jimmy at this point in the show, like yes. kind of letting him grow up and letting his humor develop. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy's Jimmy's a goof, and it's fun. Yeah. Um. So then, uh, yeah. The, oh, this is, is when does Donna talk to George about Friday? So well, so yeah. So there, he's about to. He first talks to. Um, cause Donna asks like if she can sit back with the other kids again yeah, yeah, yeah. and George is like, well, I'd, what I'd really like is for all of you guys to sit in the front row. And Donna's mm-hmm. like, well, we're not going to like, they're not going to do that. They're kids. Like, yeah, we don't want to do what that. What are you going like, to do? Like be everybody's dad? Like, right. Well, and he's like, he's like, I don't see why it should be any different sitting in the front row or the back row. And like, boy, do you not get it? George Barkley. I mean, I have sat in the front row. And it's the never, back row. It's never, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not usually a back row guy. I'm like a. I'm like a second, third row kind. I of I like the sides. The sides just, are the best. I just. I never. I am always uncomfortable mm-hmm. in the front row. Yeah, I will sit there. I, like I'm not a child. I will sit there if like my friends are sitting there because I like them more than I like the slight discomfort that comes from being in the front row. But it but is. But if I am choosing, not choosing the front row, unless it's a concert. You know? And if I have the option, definitely. Front row every time. I will but it hasn't been a comfort on concert for over a year. <laughs> yeah. Light in my eyes is dying. So, right. So then, <laughs> then, then um, Donna brings up about going to the Hayride Friday night. And yep. George is like, whoa, you already agreed to come to the Bible study. And Donna's Friday. like, what Bible study? And he's like, duh, the Bible study that we do every Friday night about parenting that I need you to be there for, that you said that you were going to be there for. And Donna's like, I don't remember. It's it's a really tough George moment because he it felt to me like he was being really critical of Donna and putting yes. a lot of, um, like, he's... a lot of expectations on her to fulfill functions that she isn't directly responsible for. Right. Like, I get on one hand the, hey, you committed to this thing, you can't back out on it. Yeah, oh yeah. I also don't like the way, like, I don't like George's lack of flexibility and kind of the pressure that comes with that. Yeah. Where he's very much like, you know, and I need you that, like, I, you know, everyone's counting on you, this was like, yeah, like, it's. There's not any, like, I understand the benefit to her being there and, like, Jimmy being there. And, like, I think, like, oh, yeah, that would have been cool. I also think it's not a great move for him as a parent to be, like, hey, like, if you bail on this, like, everything falls apart. Yeah. Like, was... like he he has, he, he he could just put his foot down and say, no, like, you agreed to this, you're coming to it. Mm-hmm. Or he could say... Hey, you agreed to this. People are expecting this from you. But if you want to make your own choice, that's on you. Yeah. Instead, yeah. he's like, you have to come to this. I'm not giving you an option. And I'm doing that because everybody needs you to be there. And otherwise, like, yes. I'm going to look bad. And I'm just like, all right, George, 
dial it back a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's just... Well, and you, you definitely get the vibe this episode where the George is uh, very anxious about his position of power in the church. Yeah. Where he is not secure in his, you know, in his role. And he's mentioned that before in the saga that, like, we, you know, obviously listening through it, in uh in order of a character arc you can examine you know kind of how the characters develop and it's interesting that that seed of insecurity that we've seen in previous episodes totally shows up here and it creates all this conflict because really all he had to do was either be like hey you gave me your monday i can give you this friday because you went to this thing and it was super boring like i could see a parent doing that and me being like wow that makes a lot of sense it seems fair. There's another kid. There doesn't need to be both of us there. And Jimmy is already excited about being there. Or, yeah, he can just put his foot down and be like, sorry, I mean, you, you, you made plans. Like, it's not. Right. Yeah, it's just this. Yeah, I. I, I don't want to be a bad guy, but you, you, you said you'd do something. So. Right. Right. Like, he doesn't. I guess the problem is that he puts his foot down, but not in a way that is at all compassionate. Yes, exactly. Where, like, I don't think he's in the wrong to say, you have to go come to no. this. No, yeah, because if, if she said that she was going to, yeah. it would make sense that that would like, be I'm, the expectation. I'm okay with that. I just don't like the way he goes about it and, like, the kind of Whoa. brutalness of it. Especially how clearly she forgot it. Like, when she's faced with it, she was like, oh... That happened. Okay. And and I get, you know, maybe that was written just to get her out of the plot hole that, like, oh, she should have known about this and shouldn't have said that she was going to go on the hayride. But still, I don't know. It's not a not a fun moment for uh, for George. Yeah, yeah. And Donna is. is really, really upset by it. Rightfully right. so. Right. This is, right. This is the other po- portion of it that is, like, that makes it a bummer is mm-hmm. that she is, like, she clearly doesn't take it well either yeah like it's not just a oh like you know yeah okay like i would it's, say that it's the, this okay. thing that's been building for her where like right she's feeling the pressure of being the preacher's kid having to do things the right way and also feeling like she hasn't gotten to do her own thing in a while that other stuff keeps coming up yeah, yeah, and it's it's really hard to have her parents not sympathize with her in that. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, you can you can see it from George's point of view, and and yeah. and to be fair, and to like the episode does come full circle. So right. in the moment that it is really frustrating here, we do yeah. get some payoff later. Yeah, um, and and I appreciate that. Yeah, and then and then it's it's a conversation between marcia and donna then mm-hmm. um where donna's you know saying like talking oh, about like the I, hayride i really want to try go. and go i'm yeah. not i'm not able to i kind of got the feeling that you know eric was gonna ask me and that was gonna be really great and and then um, and marcia's <laughs> like well eric kind of assumed that you weren't gonna be able to go so he's already asked allison davis yeet who is, this is what I was alluding to mm. way back in the beginning, possibly Jack's younger it's, sister? I don't know. It's a small town. They have the same last name. It's gotta be. I, is she a character that is? This is the, she, okay. she is, doesn't exist on the wiki. I don't know Canonically, enough Canonically, that's, that's Jack's a, family. Right. Maybe it's a cousin, but I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to assume that she is. 
I say we stick our flag in this, this portion is... of the Odyssey canon yeah. and say that that's what that is. Right. Allison Davis, younger sister of Jack Davis. Because um, <laughs> Jack's a little bit older than Donna, and yeah. Eric and Donna are maybe the same age, but Allison could be a little bit older than Eric. It could all work out. Be real work. clean. Everything um, could come up. Milhouse. Also, uh, yeah. And, you know, that... Uh, call back to last episode. And that, <laughs> uh, that could be a good setup for... Um, yeah, I, I think the reason we brought it up earlier is I was like, well, was Eric rewritten to, like, was Eric originally Jack and then rewritten? Who knows? Well, but uh, funny that they then have Allison Davis here. Because Jack couldn't have asked her to go to the Hayride. That would have been a very different episode. <laughs> Just, well, like I'm saying, like, if they if this had been originally written for Jack, then they changed that as well. Yeah. Because they wouldn't have had him ask someone with his same last name under any circumstance. It's Unless... Just, <laughs> no, no. No. It just... It just yeah, it, it would be... Like, there's no reason you need to. No, so why don't. would you do it? Exactly. Made-up name. Yeah. In my head, when I heard that, I didn't think Jack Davis. I thought, ah, oh, wow, that name sounds really made up. She's got the uh, first... You know, it's a Jack Davis or a Jeffrey Robert Travis. <laughs> right, right. The the multiple first names because, yes. you know, a, a Jack Allen. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Some may say. So, so yeah, the, the then Marsha decides to go full villain mm-hmm. and is like, you've changed, Donna. Yeah, you're, you're not the same as you were before, yada, yada, yada. And we get this, that, honestly... They are the villain of this episode, I feel like, is Donna's peers that are just so toxic about her being this preacher's kid. Like, that's where the idea of, uh, like, the perfection comes from is... I mean, it's, I mean, it comes it's from Erskine mul- yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and these kids. But, the right, these kids are saying, like, oh, like, you do act perfect now, mm-hmm. and that's the problem. Yeah. Which I think is interesting, too. Did she ever... But the thing is, like, Donna never was the rebel kid. No, she wasn't. Like, there wasn't... I don't know. It's just she's got more responsibility now. Yeah. And so she's, like, less available. Yeah. But it also... I mean, it does... I was gonna say, it does kind of feel (laughs) like, yeah, kids are dumb and (laughs) ill-equipped to handle change. Ugh. So... So, yeah. So Donna's like, you know what? I haven't changed. I'm going on that hayride. Yep. And I'm and like, yeah, you, you you get it, Donna. You go um, ingest all that hay and definitely don't have an allergic reaction. Yeah. Every year I go on a hayride. <laughs> I love a hayride. Uh, I, I love a hayride, too. But, but boy, boy, does my nose not. Yeah. And then the hay gets in your shoes and it's there for like three weeks. <laughs> all right. Maybe hayrides aren't for Andrew. Uh, they're not for a part of me, that's for sure. The lungs part of me. <laughs> Just wear a hazmat suit. Yeah, I'll be fine. Uh, masks. Masks are cool now. Oh, yeah, that's true. Just wear an N95. It'll be great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so, yeah, then uh, we get a scene of the family, you know, George saying like, Hey, Jimmy, can you go upstairs and get Donna for dinner or whatever? And Jimmy's like, oh, yeah, she is not there. I just checked. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, have you seen her? Have you seen her? No, no. What? And then we cut to Donna um, ri- riding in a car with Kevin and Marsha. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Um, um, and they're not going to the hayride. Yeah. Buzz, we're not aiming for the truck. Yeah, and, uh, they're like, did you really want to just like hang out and see Eric and Allison at the hayride? Like, 
No, That's we so we're lame. we're skipping it and we're going to the Donovan House. The Donovan House. Bum, bum, yeah. Yeah. Forty years ago today, the Donovans disappeared. disappeared. Dun, dun, dun. And and uh some say that on this night or you know, there's a light flickering in the top bedroom. Right. Windows. Yeah, yeah. Classic classic like small town kids ghost story. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so then, let's uh, go look at this old condemned house. Right. And then Donna is like, well, okay, I don't want to go. Like, yeah, I just, don't want to go. I, I, wanted, I wanted to go on the hayride. I don't want to do this. This doesn't sound like that's an abandoned place. We're not supposed to be there. It just doesn't sound fun. To right. which I was like, yeah, that's fair. And to yeah. be honest with you, they literally, they go there and they don't do anything fun. Right. There is no right. part of but this it is, trip. Like, it's, the, right, it's just the struggle with Donna in this episode and why it's like hurts even more that everyone comes down so hard on her. Is like in every situation she's acting in a way that feels the correct way. She's being true to herself. But yeah, and, and like, but she gets, feels like a human being. Yeah. Like she, she gets, gets criticism in, like she's from she's trying to get someone peers. gum and then gets in trouble for being a little bit too loud. Yep. She's you know bored at an elderly picnic. Like of course, fine, of course. Like she does. She didn't remember that she had Friday had made Friday commitments. And wants to go do something fun with a boy she's interested in. And so she's sad when she finds out that she can't. Yeah, exactly. Totally understandable. And then she gets goaded by Marsha into being like, you're a goody two-shoes now. And Donna's Mm -hmm. like, well, I can't be a goody two-shoes. I guess I will just skip and Mm -hmm. do the thing I want to do. And then they're going and she's like, oh... This isn't the thing I wanted to do. I just wanted to go on a hayride. You guys are going to go to, like, an abandoned house and, like, do bad stuff. Yeah. Which is, like, the way I would feel. Exactly. I'm like, "Uh uh-uh. I've seen horror movies. I'll met... What? Yeah. You want to check this place out now? Right. And it's not like, it's not like, ooh, pastor's kid. It's like, you know, kid who, like... Like, I don't this know, doesn't like, sound I, like a fun evening to me right, at all. Right, like, like, it sounds unenjoyable and like I could get in trouble and I was not a kid who wanted to get into trouble. So, like, yeah. Is that just, a bad thing? Right. Yeah. So, so Donna's like, okay, like, I'm not going. And they're like, all right. All right yeah. We didn't expect you to anyways. We know you've changed. Like, you know, go, yeah. And, and you're, you know, you're no fun anymore. And yeah. Donna's like. All right, All right whatever, I'm going. Yeah, just screw you. I'm, I'm right. in. <laughs> and so it's once, like, every circumstance, she just feels, yeah, like, real. And it's it's similar to, uh, like, it's the, her going to the the, uh, the haunted house mm-hmm. is, um, is uh, uh, Aubrey getting goaded in to driving. Yep, yeah, very much, very much the same, same vibe where it was like, and there was initial pushback. Right. Well, and, well, it's that same when, thing yeah. about like, oh, you like in this one, your dad's a pastor. In that one, your parents became Christians and now you're too good for us. Yep. That's just like the more extreme version of this. Although in this one, they burn down a house. Yeah, with a lantern. So they go into this house <laughs> with this old-timey right. lantern Kevin, that's presumably Kevin left a, a lantern there, and Donna's like, oh, so you were planning this the whole time. And then he's like, I thought it would have more effect, like yeah. a cooler effect than a flashlight. <laughs> Which feels like they wrote, like, they realized, like, oh, we have to find a way to burn this house down. I guess they're using a lantern. And they just kind of like yada yada it. Yeah. 
Yeah, that that very much is very loose <laughs> like and thrown together. Right. It could have been like them smoking, mm-hmm. but like they were like, no, like they're church kids. Like Donna would probably get out of there quickly. We don't want to be that edgy. Yeah. I guess like they just got they a, a lantern, lantern. for yeah. effect. Sure. What did they decide to have a campfire inside the house, and that was what burned right. it down? Yeah. <laughs> yep. And so yeah, then the uh, the lantern like something scares the oh a cat scares them yep yeah boy is that cat dead i think that cat's dead Dead. Um, (laughs) that cat is cooked (laughs) and the wallpaper's gone too because jack uh, oh yeah yeah Uh, uh, kevin 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 is scared by the wallpaper yeah he's like oh my gosh the the wallpaper's so ugly and they're like and all the girls scream and they go oh oh, kevin you shouldn't have done that right and then the cat screeches and the lantern falls over and starts a fire, and then they go like, "Oh, right. let's grab some sheets to try and put out the fire." I know. <laughs> and then it just <laughs> starts going up, and the fire's really sizzling now. And yeah. then it catches the curtains, and they just abandon ship. And then, uh, and then we cut to George's Bible study. Yeah, where he's talking about keeping your kids in line, mm-hmm. and uh, knock yeah. on the door. Well, so yeah, he's he's speaking on Proverbs twenty two six and actually has like this nice thing of being like of being where where it talks about like, you know, the like if a child is raised in a good house, like they'll turn out well is mm-hmm. essentially what the proverb is. And then he's like, This is controversial because like sometimes people are like, Well, well like if, you know, kids grow up and they like leave the church, like are the parent like is it the parents' fault? Mm-hmm. And I'm like Thank you for acknowledging that. And, like, that is a controversial passage well, yeah, yeah, for yeah. that reason. And, like, no, I don't think so. I am. Me neither. And, I, and, and, I, and that's, I think, also the point George is making. And, like, I just, I don't know. I liked it. No. I'm, I was just like, Like oh, I said, cool. this, this episode of Odyssey was surprisingly, uh, surprisingly, like, pointing out the, it was surprising in how it was poignantly directed about the negatives that exist within church culture and that exist around church culture and i was like wow huh all right i'll take it then right so then the police officer shows up and is you know mary and george both go out there there's like a nice thing of like the knocking happens and Mm -hmm. mary goes out to get it and then like george continues talking and like we hear it in the background it's just like well well staged scene yeah and then um and then george is like all right and then mary's like george you got to come out here too and Mm. it's the police officer with donna and he's just like look like here's the situation she was with some kids they burned down that the condemned donovan house no one's pressing charges because the house was condemned it's probably going to go down anyways um but and uh, no one was hurt right but but you know, uh, obviously yeah yeah this is you know not not good, good. <laughs> and then the police officer tells donna that he's disappointed yeah, in her that's <laughs> so tough where she's like donna i don't want to ever see you doing this stuff again and i'm like I'm sorry, who died and made you father to this this woman? Like, are you kidding me? It is just, like, weird small town thing. Yeah, it was very much like like Star's Hollow. Where it's like, like, this guy probably goes to church with her and is like, come on, Donna. Or like, like, you know, they grew up together. I just watched the episode of Gilmore Girls where uh, Dean breaks up with... Rory and and the uh, whole Kirk, town yeah, shuns him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Kirk comes in is like, "This guy was just the worst. It's all my fault. I should have stopped you from going out with him." 
I, oh man, I need to watch more Gilmore Girls again. Ugh. Uh then then we get George, you know, pulling Donna aside and laying into her and then mm. I'm like, okay, he at a certain point in this crosses a line. Yeah. Like he is he's it's obviously okay for her him to lay into her. She was just involved in the burning down of the thing. Mm-hmm. It's classic, like, it feels classic dad to be laying into her before asking for her side of the story. Mm -hmm. Like, it would be better if he did, but it feels real that he doesn't. Mm -hmm. We then hit the point at which I'm like, all right, George, now we've got a problem. (laughs) Which is is when he says, like, this is going to look bad for our family. Yep. Like, you've tainted all of us. Dishonor on your whole family. Right. Yeah, essentially. And it's terrible. And it's so like, oh my gosh, as a kid who criticized himself so hard for making mistakes, whatever, like... This would be the worst thing to do. Yeah, to just have, like, my... The only reason I have a scrap of mental health is because my dad, when I would tell him I messed up, was like, well, that's unfortunate. Like, so completely level-headed and would not, like, not, you know kick me when i was down and was very empathetic and and we don't get any of that from george no. george is f- losing no. his mind and worried about his job and right. his insecurities but, coming right. all over yeah but that is the thing is while i'm like this is bad it's and i well hope written. the episode doesn't excuse it yeah is my thought listening to it is well constructed mm-hmm. you know the position because we've been doing this that george is in yeah and the stresses in his life to where you can understand why this would be hard yeah in the same way that like adding normal into the mix was such a problem yeah because he was already on edge having donna act out at all is now putting him on edge again so it just it's it's a really oh it's it's really well written yeah he's good uh He's got low uh, resistance tolerance because he doesn't actively participate in self-care. Yeah, because he's in a stressful period of his life and yeah. either can't or doesn't feel like he can yeah. take a step back. Which is really tough. Yeah. Then he says, like, the gut punch of a line that is like, would you listen to a preacher who can't keep his own family under control? Yeah. Which I'm like, yo, you cannot. Yeah. Yeah, don't do this, George. Don't like, do this. Uh-huh. And then and then he he picks up the phone and it's Richard. Yeah. Um who's calling an emergency meeting of the pastoral committee mm-hmm. and George is like, "All right, I'm done. They're following me." They're going to fire they're, me. They're firing me. <laughs> they're following me. They're following me. <laughs> Down the alleyway with the homeless people. They know. And and so so they're gonna, yeah he he's afraid they'll fire him and mm-hmm. then Donna gives a beautiful earnest apology and George just shrugs it off. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, in this moment, this is when I see Donna overcorrecting and being taking responsibility, taking a taking right. the unhealthy responsibilities right. that her dad was putting on right. her. Right. She's like, herself. she's like, I'll do whatever I can to be like, perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll sit with you guys up in the front mm-hmm. of the church. I'll go to all your meetings. Like, because. George lashed out at her. Mm. She is a child and is now going like, Oh God, I need to do whatever I can to make this bad better to make my dad like me again. Yeah. Let's just do all the things. And he shrugs it off. He's like, we'll talk about this when I get back. It is incredible writing for both characters 
They feel so real. And it also is one of those things that listening through it the first time, you're terrified yeah, just, that the show is is letting that be right. He's going to make Donna the... Yeah, is going to make Donna the bad guy here. Right. But... But well, then we get a good scene. Yes. Richard starts off the meeting mm-hmm. and is like, you know, we're concerned, George. Like, you know why we've called this? We're concerned. And George jumps in and is like, look, I just got to get stuff off my chest before we get into this. Like, let me mm-hmm. say my piece. Mm-hmm. Then you guys can do whatever. And this is when... You can tell, like, he's had that car ride over to mm. process and cool down. Yep. And, like, he's going to come out fighting for his family in this instant. Yeah. And he, and he, you even get, like, a bit of him processing it out loud. Oh, like, it's yeah. not when like a prepared like, She speech. even said that she'd be perfect. But, you know, none of us are perfect. And how can she even expect herself to be perfect? Right. And, and he's, he's, he's realizing the flaws in this culture and this idea that, you know, Preacher's kids have to be perfect right. on the spot. And right. it's really cool. And yeah. it's a really great, um, a really great scene. And I, I, yeah. I love it when, you know, TV shows and movies and stuff let characters audibly kind of figure out their thoughts because right. that's what I do every right. moment of my life. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's why we have a podcast. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's, you know, what we did in Sacrificial Escape the first time. Um, <laughs> and the, the thing that, the thing that, like happens is like as soon as george interrupts richard you Mm go oh okay the episode knows yeah Mm -hmm. like because they do that like richard's gonna say something george interrupts it's like oh then richard was not going to say you're fired get your family in line Mm -hmm. because that's what george is overcorrecting now yes yes um and but but it lets george monologue and be like look She's a teenager. Mm. She's going to screw up. She's going to be punished. But, like, I need to cut her some slack. Like, I yeah. can't expect I can't her, to her to be, be perfect. anything other than you know, what she is. Just, just because we are the preacher's family now does not mean we are the perfect family. Like, mm-hmm. you guys can't hold us to that. I can't hold us to that. So, whatever. You know, if you're going to do... You know, this, like, if you want me as interim pastor, you're just going to have to accept us for who we are, warts yeah. and all. Yeah, yeah. He he goes, you know, his verbal processing leads him to the point where he is putting his foot down in defense of his children and his mm-hmm. family. And that was, you know, the, 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 the SpongeBob, like, wipes sweat from eyebrow. Whew, oh my. Yeah. Oh, Oh, thank goodness, George is a good guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he, it took him the full episode, but he turned around at the end and really, really kills it. And then we get, uh, you know, the rest of the council being like, right. we weren't going to fire right. you. We want to know how we can help. Yeah. Which is a good, good moment. Oh, I love it so much. Yeah. I'm glad that, like, the church, like, that... It's so real to life and to characters that George is putting all this pressure on himself mm-hmm. that it's not actually coming from the church. Yeah, it's perceived. And the little bit that is coming from the church through, you know, Mrs. Erskine and whatnot, she then is like, you know, she was the one who called this meeting. She wants to help. She apologizes saying that, like, mm-hmm. you know what? Like... She shows the good in what in what George just monologued and saying, like, you're right, I did expect you to be perfect, and I'm sorry for that. Yeah. Like, I, I shouldn't have been doing that to you and your family. And it's great. Yeah, it's such a such a kind moment. And, yeah, it, 
I don't know. It, it, we've talked about it the whole episode as far as like we did. I didn't see this ending coming. Obviously, the first time listening to it, it, it comes around, but it, it hits well and it hits home uh, in a way that is really sweet because, you know, it. George is a character that I have a lot of affection for, but I also have a strenuous relationship with because he definitely represents um, a certain certain theological view and a certain like cultural moment in Christian history where like that was how people were expected to act and things like that. Um, but it was really cool to see him come down on the side of his family and really just going out guns blazing like actually no. We all have our problems, really, and I'm not, you know, I'm going to punish her, and I'm going to do the best I can, um, right. like I'm but I'm not, not going to be I'm perfect. I'm going to be a parent. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not disowning responsibility. I am, I'm setting responsibility with boundaries and yeah. with um, a good amount of self-awareness as far as what is, like, what's a healthy amount of responsibility yeah. and punishment and such. Yeah, it's really oh it's just such a well-constructed episode yeah yes yeah. yeah these episodes Marshall have Young been are just like really good nailed the writing of this mm. every character feels real mm. you can track with their beats mm-hmm. and it is all to make a really good point yeah and so we go from here to George going home to talk to Donna mm-hmm. and her immediately being like, once again, just being like, I'm going to so do sorry. everything I can. Yeah. Like, I'm so sorry. Like all that. And George is like, I went in there and I, and they want to know how they could help. Mm-hmm. And I was wrong. Like, I shouldn't have put that. Yeah. Mary's on one you. line was like, right. She told George, you're overreacting. And she was right. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yeah. And then... Right, Hashtag and then, give Maury more to do. Maury. Nope. Don't give Maury more to do. Give, give Mary Maury way less. less. <laughs> give Mary more to do. Give Maury way less. Um, Yeah. Maury has way too much rope. Um, <laughs> and then... Man, uh, I can't even believe that's the same show that we were covering those I, episodes. Right? <laughs> it is baffling yeah. that we have, like, some of the best parent-child conversations in this series mm-hmm. throughout and this. Also... And we and we came off covering Wit being godparent <laughs> and allowing a kid to terrorize other kids in the name of the Bible. When you put it like that, <laughs> I mean, it's what I've been thinking. So, you know, you'd be right. But yeah, oh boy. Yeah, oh boy. Point but- is... Pastor George Barkley saga, what, what, how, yeah. however many episodes we're into it, very much enjoying it, yeah. very happy. Yeah, and and the his his final line, like where we end the episode, is him saying like, "No matter how much you may disappoint me, I'll never stop loving you." That is nice. Also, wow, <laughs> that's a very harsh way of saying that. It is. I was like, <laughs> all right. You disappoint me need, so right, much. <laughs> I didn't need disappoint as much as like, like no matter how much you screw up, yeah. I won't stop disappointing you. I don't but, view you as a sum of your mistakes. Right. That would work as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no matter how much you disappoint me. And boy, you like, disappoint I was me like, every wow, day. <laughs> that that was strong, but I appreciate the sentiment. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um 
Yeah. yeah. So the, the the final thing I want to hit on here mm-hmm. um, is just a little excerpt from the official guide mm-hmm. um, from Marshall Gunger, who wrote and directed this, um, just saying that uh, m- much of my writing of the for the Barkley kids comes from my experience as a preacher's kid. Oh, okay. Um, as well as the experience of, of people, I, a lot of people I knew who were sons and daughters of preachers. There seemed to be different rules for us. We were held to much higher standards than others, and I s- felt a sense of unfairness about it. Yeah. Which, it makes so much sense. It makes so much sense that he wrote this one and A Call for Reverend Jimmy mm-hmm. and grew up the son of a pastor. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, that makes perfect sense. I get it. Well done, sir. Like, no wonder these episodes are good. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense that they're really speaking on something that they have real-life experience and, with. And, yeah, and awesome for McCusker, who's been shepherding this saga, mm-hmm. to be like, there's a writer on our team who, knows who, this. Ha- who He's like, got it. <laughs> has, the, has the experience here. Let's, like, have him take ownership of a couple of these episodes. Yeah, it really Because, makes like, right, he can speak it from his heart and from his own experience um, rather than me who like obviously McCusker's doing research and doing a really good job on his episodes, but just that humility of going like there's someone on our team who could do this better. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Is, is great. Um, and then younger goes on to write that like, this is just one of those episodes. that's like a struggle for like Odyssey where like, because of the calls they made through the episode, like they got a lot of letters both from people who were saying like donna like you guys made donna too rebellious in this episode and letters from people saying the parents were way too easy on the kids and i'm just like it makes sense it's the reason that you and i were freaked out at the beginning of the episode it makes sense that like listeners to this show would have that reaction but i think this show hits the perfect medium no they really do and And donna doesn't seem like she is actively rebelling rebelling her one act of rebellion is skipping out on a bible study to go to a hayride and then that snowballs yeah and that turns into something but (laughs) she makes she makes a rebellious decision that then right and it's and it's because of like an immense immense amount of peer pressure yeah like an immense amount of pressure from her parents as well she just Right. And she she's, even mentioned she's that. getting pressure so from pressure. both sides. Mm-hmm. And so it just makes like, yeah, I'm just like, you threaded the needle really well. Like, mm-hmm. I understand why listeners to a show produced by Focus on the Family mm-hmm. would have issues issue with how with, middle of the road this is. <laughs> right. With Donna's rebellion and with, you know, the way like she kind of gets away with it. But it is. So I'm so glad that this is the way they did it. Yeah, because it's it's the most true to life and it's it's the most true to Yeah, like you said, these characters they feel like real people and it's because it was written by somebody that has real life experience. Yeah, which is really cool. Um couldn't say it better myself. Yeah. All right. That that being said, I mean, uh we kind of touched on my discussion question. I was going to talk about uh like the standard that we set like if you're like a christian elite within the church and stuff like that like how people look at you differently and expect more of you and things like that well yeah Um, and we we talked about it in the past i think with with reverend jimmy where Mm i you know we were talking about our own experiences kind of feeling like we had to be you know leaders yeah um 
and yeah i obviously like it makes sense for like i understand i understand george's perspective fully Mm -hmm. where he's like i am the pastor i am just like filling in like i got kind of thrust into the pastor right (laughs) i I don't want to lose this job Mm. and people are looking to us to be better than what we are right Mm -hmm. now we need to do better yeah like i understand why george feels that it's the beauty of the writing of this show Mm -hmm. where i'm like his motivations make sense he's in the wrong but his motivations make sense yeah same with donna her motivations make sense even though she is complicit in burning down a house well the lantern yeah Yeah. the the the, the burning down the house thing is right (laughs) i cannot believe that that's what they went with yeah (laughs) couldn't have been like the whole uh oh we shouldn't go out on the pack ice and then somebody falls in trope Or the other like, form of rebellion. Yes, in yeah. Town. <laughs> Don't, yeah. Don't go on that river ice. It's thin. And then it breaks. Uh, anything else you wanted to say about the episode? No. Okay. No. I'm, I am te- f- yep. fresh out of takes. Yeah. We, uh, we jokingly referenced our... Uh, we jokingly plugged our Spotify's earlier in the episode. Do you want to do that for real here at the yeah, end? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just uh, Andrew Acebo on Spotify. It's linked to my Facebook account, so you should be able to see my profile picture. And I'll um, put a link in the description. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I am uh, American Sherlock. That he is. I just put right. out a playlist full of sad music called Hot Chocolate Hands, and it's... I made it off of the idea that, like, when you're really cold and you grab a cup of hot chocolate, it burns your hands. Okay. <laughs> and it's that weird feeling where you get the tingly feeling in your hands yeah, where yeah. it's, like, so hot it feels like pins and needles. I don't know why that yeah. was my inspiration to listen to sad music, but it was. So, you know. Yeah. To each their own. I might have to give that a spin. I uh, have not put out a playlist in a long time but well, uh, you can that's still a bit me. of an effort for you there's 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 a lot of other playlists there that you can enjoy yes there is a myriad a wealth yeah that being said i've got nothing else I've, to say here. i got nothing else to say here all right uh and then we will be back in a week with pokenberry falls rfd part one Bye, guys. It's going to be good. Yeah, oh boy, it is. Bye. Wadfam Chalk Pod is a presentation of the Lidditz Podcast Co-op. This show is a fan podcast and has no official affiliation with Adventures in Odyssey or Focus on the Family. As such, the copyright is ours under Creative Commons. Follow the podcast at Wadfam Chalk Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Or email us at wadfamchalkpod at gmail.com. Preacher's Kid was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Sabo, and edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick, hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the Wad Fam Chalk Pod.